Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. But with that being said, we are going to get started. And like I said before, our um, at the beginning, we talked about um, what today's title is, and that's persistence persistence. So you may have random different things coming to your mind about what um, this could be about or what about persistence. But, um, you know, sometimes teachers do this in school and they're like, well, let's look at the definition first. And that's what we're going to do today. But honestly, let's really, you know, we know what it means, but then let's really read the definition and listen. To be persistent is to be firm or obstinate, continuance, in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. To be firm, to continue in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. So when I think of persistence, I think of my children asking me for something. (laughs) Whether it's a snack right after dinner, maybe a specific item that caught their eye at the store, Maybe it's crayons to color at that specific moment in time right away. Or maybe it's help to put on their shoe without actually helping them put on their shoe. I don't know if y'all caught any of the humor in these examples, but it it cracks me up because um, I think we all can relate. You know, the other day we're in the car and Joy was tired. It was nap time. We were pushing it too far. So I knew she was tired and therefore cranky. And she takes off her shoes and then throws them and then starts crying saying, I want my shoes. So then I grab her shoes and give her her shoes and she says to help her put them on. So I start helping her put them on and then she starts crying and screaming no and throws her shoes again over and over. And so it, it, it's funny because toddlers will go through those crazy tantrums that make no sense, right? But she was persistent the whole ride home. <laughs> And so anything really, we can think of different stories with our kids, but kids are persistent. They don't easily take no for an answer and they don't get tired of asking over and over. Mommy, 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 mommy. You know, I think y'all can relate or think of examples like that. Maybe that's why Jesus says to have faith like a child. Maybe he meant to have persistent faith, to ask, seek, knock, over and over. I've read that verse in the Bible uh, many times that says, have faith like a child. And each time I've read it, I'm like, okay, but like, what do you mean? Like what part of a child and the way that they are, do you mean? Like you could, you can think of many things, but today I felt like God spoke to me something new, the persistence of a child. As we grow up, what has changed about our childlike faith? I think that life experiences, disappointments, unanswered prayers and requests, unrealistic expectations, and so on have broken our faith and caused us to throw persistence out the window. We have learned to give up so easily. Our culture gives up when the going gets tough. We stop trying in our marriage because a conflict can be too overwhelming. We give up on trying to be a better mom after one overwhelming day with our kids, or maybe someone mom shaming you for your specific way of mothering. We give up on our goals and dreams when the first shot we took didn't work out. 
we give up on faith in Jesus when we simply don't have enough time for him or he doesn't come through for you in the way you expected him to. Basically, we've thrown persistence out the window and have learned to simply give up after the first try. Granted, I know that many of us here have tried more than once at any given thing, maybe many times, and maybe it was so many times that you ended up feeling so much discouragement that you just gave up then. The truth is, it's hard to be persistent in all of these areas. It's exhausting, but we are not meant to be quitters. We are meant to have reckless and crazy faith. And so when I thought of persistence, um, the first scripture that came to mind is Proverbs 24, 16. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. But let's focus on the beginning, the first part. You may have tripped and been discouraged and your faith may have been broken over and over and over. And a lot of times we end up little by little not being persistent in our prayers and what we believe for or hope for. We end up giving up. But it says here the godly may trip seven times, but they get back up over and over and so today we're going to talk about three points and i know it's a little bit later so i'm going to go through it um, as quickly as i can if there's anything you want to share throughout the time please let me know and at the end we will share our hearts on what god spoke to us today but i pray that it spoke to you in the way it spoke to me this week and so we're going to talk about first broken faith second one the heart of faith and the third point is persistent faith and so let's talk about broken faith. What has broken your faith? What has caused you to give up on praying, trying, hoping, believing, and left you feeling disappointed? Life can tear us down sometimes, and it can discourage us and leave us feeling unmotivated to keep trying. Like I said above, we are not quitters. We are hardcore women. We are strong moms. We are unstoppable forces who continue to get back up over and over. You know, having kids, it's almost impossible to feel horrible, to feel discouraged, and be able to stay in bed the next day. Unless if your kids go to school, then you have a little bit of time. But my point is, you, as a mom, we have no days off to even feel broken sometimes. It's tough. It's hard to get back up. But let's talk about specifically the times maybe you've prayed and believed for something and had a specific expectation about how God should answer and come through. Have you ever prayed for something and in your mind envisioned how it was going to happen? Envision like this is what I'm praying for so therefore God's going to do it like this and I'm going to see it and that's, that's God. But then when he doesn't, what are you left to feel? What happens when it doesn't happen the way you imagine? When motherhood isn't as blissful as you imagined when you were praying for it? Or your marriage isn't as full of butterflies as you dreamed it would be? Or your dream job wasn't as enjoyable as you hoped for? Or maybe tragedy struck when you least expected it and God didn't come through with the miracle you cried out for? Whatever it is, it wasn't expected. Times like this can break our faith 
if we allow it to. We begin doubting God's goodness and his power. We little by little stop believing and stop trying. We just shrink back and let life happen to us as the light of hope begins to dim. But what if we looked at it all just a little different? What if God was answering your prayers in a way that you didn't expect? What if he is working behind the scenes, but you just can't see the results yet? What if your prayers have been heard by God, but just like a plant, the roots are growing beneath the surface in the dark of the soil, and the answer to your prayer will sprout up all of a sudden in the same way the flowers bloom in an instant? The process may look different than you expected, but that doesn't mean God isn't working and your faith is useless. Your prayers are so much more powerful than you think. God hears every single one of them and has a plan to act, just maybe not in the way you expected. Broken faith. And um, I have three verses I want to share. Um, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This verse really shares what I was sharing a while ago of he may not answer your prayers in the way you thought or imagined, in your ways, in your thoughts, but this is saying, yeah, exactly, because my thoughts are higher. My ways are higher. They're going to look different. And different means better. It's better than what we expected. But he has to do it differently. In Psalms ninety four nineteen, it says, When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. You know, many of y'all may be feeling, maybe not. But if you're feeling doubtful, and it's filling your mind. I really believe that God wants to comfort us today, just like this verse, and renew our hope again. Renew our cheer again. Because when hope is gone, our cheer, our joy, it kind of seeps out the window too. You can feel it. But God wants to remind you today that just because it didn't happen or isn't happening the way you expected doesn't mean he's not working. And the last one, Isaiah 61.3 to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. So when your faith is beyond broken, a pile of ashes, God will create something beautiful out of it. I've shared that verse before, but today really think about it. We've, we've thought of brokenness in different ways and this verse we've talked about, you know, ashes and, and how God can make something beautiful out of it. But our faith, when we feel like these life events and circumstances have broken our faith and therefore there's no persistence in our prayers and, or even effort anymore um, or the things that we're trying to do because we're so discouraged, God is saying, I will take that broken faith and I will make it something beautiful. There's still hope. And so broken faith. Moving on to um, our second point. I know we're kind of going through this a little bit faster, but I really want to have time at the end for us to share our hearts. And so broken faith. And now we're talking about the heart of faith. You know, um, what is the heart of faith? 
let's talk about that. God knows our heart and he can see the motive of every prayer and request. So, you know, as I was thinking about this today, um, I really felt like God was wanting us to be encouraged again to have faith, right? Wanting us to be encouraged again to be persistent in the things we're believing for, praying for, acting on, etc. But I feel like he wanted us to also be reminded that our heart about these prayers and requests is just as important. I'm going to read James 4, 2 through 3. And it says, this is kind of an intense verse, but it's going to work out and we're going to understand where God um, is really bringing this to light today. And so just listen. And it says, you want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and you want only what, he, what, only what will give you pleasure. And so that's intense. I don't think any of us here are like asking God in a manipulative way give me this because I'm jealous of these people and blah, blah, blah. No, but this verse is showing us the heart behind it. And as I read this verse, I can literally, this is a funny example, but I can literally see a visual of this happening between my two girls on the daily. They fight over toys they don't even want only because the other sibling has it. I don't know if you've experienced that for those of you who have um, more than one kid, um, that play together, but many times throughout the day, one's playing with something, the other one's playing with the other, and they're fine, and then they see that the other sibling has a toy that they like, but they don't really want to play with, and they'll leave what they're doing, run, steal it, and have this big whole wrestling match and breakdown because they just want it for themselves. They don't genuinely want it at the moment, but they don't want the other one to enjoy it because it's mine. They deserve it more or they're entitled to it. But all along, if they just kept on enjoying what they were doing and what they were playing with, the other one could, right? And as a mom, if my child came up to me and said, hey, you know, um, my sister has this, I would like one too, or you know what, maybe I would like to play with it afterwards. Can you help me, mom? I'd be like, oh, definitely, child. Let me buy y'all two of everything so y'all don't fight. (laughs) That's also a joke, which we do sometimes, but... Um, and so as a mom, you know, if I could, I would make that request possible if it worked out in the same way though, for us as adults, sometimes our hearts get a little bit off. We end up becoming envious of what others have and start asking God for it out of entitlement. You know, have you ever thought like, oh, like they're doing good, they're successful. They have this, they have that. Well, let me ask God for it because if anyone deserves it, I do. I'm being a good Christian. I'm being a good this. Like, I'm serving you, God. Like, I deserve it. We ask God out of the heart of entitlement. Or we begin to bash other people who have what we want when deep down we're simply jealous. So the heart behind what we want gets all twisted sometimes. Something Homer always says, um, always speaks to me, and I thought of it today, But he always says this, God is not a vending machine. You don't just tell him 
what you want and he just gives it to you. You don't just put in the code, hey God, code, thank you, bye. God doesn't work that way. He wants us to believe, to ask, to pray for things. But our hearts can't look at him as if he's just, we're entitled to get what we ask him for. We're entitled to get exactly what we want, when we want it, at that moment, especially if someone else has it. God is is a real being whom we have a relationship with. He's not a genie in a bottle who keeps us happy by giving us everything we want in that instant. A jealous and entitled heart is not the heart of faith that God desires in us. So let's look at the right heart. Again, I know that was kind of intense, and I don't even think any of us have that kind of heart, but it's something to really remember and think about because the heart um, that we have, the heart of faith we have is so important for us and to God. So let's look at the right heart. John 15, 17 says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And that's so powerful. God desires a relationship with us before simply granting our every request and meeting our every expectation. This verse shows us the importance of being aligned with God in fellowship with him, acknowledging him, and following him. You know, think about it this way. If a stranger at Walmart came up to you and asked you, hey, go to my house today and cut my grass, and then was upset with you for even feeling slightly hesitant at their outlandish request, you know, wouldn't that be kind of weird? (laughs) After all, you don't even know the guy. You know, imagine just any situation, someone you don't even know comes up to you and says, hey, can you watch my kids today? They don't even know you, but they're asking something so big from you. You know, um, in the same way, God could cut your grass. God could do anything, but he wants your heart right. He wants a relationship with you first. He wants to know you and be known by you. But even still, his heart wants to do good for you. He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to grant your heart's desires. He enjoys putting a smile on your face like any loving father would. But first, he wants your heart. And sharing two verses, Psalms 37, 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. It's a beautiful verse, but the first thing that he says is take delight in the Lord first, and then he will give you your heart's desires. And in Mark eleven twenty three, it says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive you too. I mean, this verse is packed. It's like saying, like, dude, just have hardcore faith. Like, if you believe it, it'll happen. Like, God's going to do it. He can do the impossible. But isn't it interesting that in the same verse, it's like, oh, yeah, but by the way, though, like, just forgive anyone, like, you're holding a grudge against. Like, how does that go together? Like, I thought we are talking about, like, hardcore faith, and then you're like, oh, but, like, forgive. It's because he wants to ensure our heart is right. Our heart is right with God, but also he cares for our heart to be right with others. 
Are you going to God acting like all is well when there's this big elephant in the room? You know, there's this big issue that needs to be taken care of. Is there someone that God is asking you to work things out with or to simply forgive? Our heart matters. What's in our heart is important to God because he knows it will affect every part of our life. So the heart of faith, our heart matters. And going to our last verse, what this whole um, message is about is persistent faith. We talked about when our faith is broken and how God wants to restore that, right? Now we talked about the heart and how that's important. But now let's talk about the persistence, persistent faith. Do you feel hesitant at the thought of asking God for something or even asking him more than once? Have you ever felt like that? Like, I don't want to ask God. He's got too many uh, big things dealing with. Like, have you seen what's going on in our world? Like, he's got to deal with that right now, you know? And some of us are hesitant and even more so to ask him again. But what, what makes our children so bold and confident when asking us for things? Have you thought of that? Why can our kid come up to us not even caring if we're talking to someone or doing washing the dishes or doing something like, hey, mom, 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 can you give me a snack? <laughs> mom, 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 you know, can you tie my shoe? Whatever it is, right? You know, what makes them so bold and confident? They trust us and they know our heart. They know that we love them and want to do good things for them. They have faith in our ability to make it happen. They also know that if they try hard enough, hard enough and ask us over and over that most times we end up giving in unless it's something harmful or simply just not a good idea. But, you know, maybe you're not going to give your child a popsicle before dinner because why would you want to do that? They're about to have dinner. But if they ask you so much over and over, there may be some days where you're like, dude, here's a popsicle. <laughs> just we'll have dinner later. Everything will be fine, right? But let's read this example of persistent faith in the Bible. I read this um, story this week in our readings, and it just was just, it just really made me think of my children, but then made me think of what we're talking about today. So just, it's a short story, but listen carefully and imagine it in your head. And it's in Luke 11, um, and it says, Then teaching him more about prayer, Jesus was teaching about prayer. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. First of all, that's not his problem, but he has nothing for his friend to eat. And I have nothing for him. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, this is Jesus telling us, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone, not just some of us, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks the door will be open you fathers or mothers if your children ask for a fish do you give them a snake instead or if they ask for an egg do you give them a scorpion of course not so if you sinful people thing 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's a pretty cool story um, for so many reasons, but God is a good father to us and he wants us to pray and ask him for the things that we need and even want. There is no shame in persistently praying and believing for something specific. So don't give up and throw in the towel. Your unanswered prayer could be way closer to being answered than you expect. Maybe you're praying for a restored marriage or relationship. Maybe you're praying for healing over your child. Maybe you're praying to find peace again and crawl out of depression. Maybe you really want to start your own business. Maybe you're praying to conceive again. What is it for you? And what are you needing God to do for you today? Um, I have two verses to share. In Matthew 9, 26, it says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You may have heard that before and seen it on your common coffee cup, right? But literally, like there are things that we are impossible for us are not impossible for God. Everything's possible for him. In Ephesians 3.20, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. You know, um... It just, it's just crazy because I feel like so many of us, including myself through life, my persistence and my belief in God's ability to answer prayers, important prayers and even petty prayers, sometimes has grown dim through the things that I've been through. But I find God reminding me time and time again and renewing my hope to believe in him because he's a father. He doesn't want to just answer these big miraculous needs that we have, but he actually does care about the little things. You know, I, I, there's many testimonies I could share, um, I, I feel like, as I've been thinking about it. But, you know, for those of you who don't know, Homer and I, we've been married, um, going to be nine years in August. Um, and after two years of being married, we're like, oh, heck, let's try for a baby. You know, let's do this. Um, and as a little girl, I mean, I've always wanted to be a mom. I couldn't wait. And I already, like, knew our first child would be named Joy. Like, I just, from back when, I just wanted to name her that. And um, just so many things, right? And so we started trying, and I thought, okay, cool. Well, we're going to try. I'm going to get pregnant. Everything's going to be cool. Like, that's how it works. <laughs> well, three years went by, and two mar- miscarriages happened um, within that time. And to some, three years, that's not a long time, but in the midst of it, it feels like eternity. How many pregnancy tests did I take? I can't even tell you. Because I'd be like, well, we've had sex, <laughs> um, and I should be getting pregnant. So let me check. Oh, why am I not pregnant if we did what we we're supposed to do? And then the first time we got pregnant, I went to the store. I bought a card for Homer. Um, he didn't know yet. You know, I took a test, and then I wrote in, in our first card and saying, um, what's that one um, song? Uh, Homer and Lauren kissing in a tree, blah, 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 right? And I wrote that whole thing out, and then at the end, and then I was like, and then comes a baby in the baby carriage, dot, dot, dot. And then he looked at me, and I was like, I'm pregnant. And then a week later, I had a miscarriage. And, you know, I was so excited. And it was like the, my dream come true. And then um, two years later, I believe, we moved to San Antonio. I thought, okay, this is it. Like, God, this is when everything's going to happen. 
I got pregnant and I was like, this is it. Okay. Like I had my miscarriage, but this is it. Like this is God. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to have this baby. And a week later I had a miscarriage. And so of course, as you know, like super disappointing, not how I imagined it to happen, not how I imagined God to work or answer my prayers. And then I got pregnant again and it was joy. And, um, so we named her joy you know, and her birthday is on uh, Sunday. She's on my little brain. So I could cry if I, you know, um, did that right now. But, um, you know, my point is, is with that is though I don't have the answers of why I went through what I went through, though my faith was broken. And after the second miscarriage, I was like, fine, I'm not having kids. Like, okay, God, you're enough for me. Like, you know, like I was being genuine, but also slightly snarky because I was so hurt. Um, and I was like, fine, God, like, it's cool. Like, uh, you know, all the things you can imagine. And then to know that God answered my prayers. And, you know, I'm so grateful that um, though we tried for three years and unfortunately had two miscarriages, that the next three years, God gave us three kids. <laughs> and I laugh and I'm like, God, you are so funny and you're so good. And um, I didn't necessarily ask for three kids in three years, but would I change it? Of course not, because I love them with like every part of my being. And I'm so grateful but God answers prayers, okay? Like, so just know that. Um, and again, I'm not speaking to the stories, um, and I'm very sensitive about struggles with infertility and knowing that there's some stories that didn't end like that. And um, for those of anyone has ever been through that, um, my heart goes out to, to that experience. And I know that God is still good regardless, even when it hurts unbearably. But, um, and then uh, the last testimony I'll share, which I think is, crazy but when um after we had jules we weren't pregnant with little homer yet um there was a whole year where i were homer and i um were just having a hard time financially and praying for guidance and all this stuff right and i knew that even with jules i was like man it'd be nice to have a van god um but right now i know we're not yet in a place to just be like hey boom let's get a van because we already had our uh, a car payment and then my you know all that kind of stuff right and so I started praying, and I know for, for, for sure it was more than a year. And I was praying, and I said, God, um, I don't do this often, but I'm going to put my faith specifically out right now for a van. We need a van. Um, and I know that you're good, and I know that even if you don't give us a van, like you are still good, and I worship you with my life. But I'm asking you as my father, could you provide a van? And then I would say at my in my prayer, I'd be like, and I know this sounds crazy, but I actually have crazy faith, even though I'm scared to ask you if there's any way that like we wouldn't have a car payment and it'd be like, oh, here, like I have a van. It's free. Here you go. That would be cool. God, like I've heard stories, but like you don't have to do it like that. Like I'm all funny with my prayer. Right. But just throwing that out there, I believe that you could do that. Um, but regardless, we need a van and I'm putting that before you. And every time I would pray for the past year, I would pray for that. Um, but then just show God, like tell God, like, but like my heart is like, however you want to do it in the way that you want to do it. So, um, like a month or so ago, we don't have a van yet, right? Homer's dad called, um, and then we had little Homer and like, we desperately need a van. We actually are able to fit all three of our kids in the truck that Homer's mom gave us randomly, um, very tightly and it's very uncomfortable, but they fit, but we need more room because <laughs> it, it's just crazy. And Homer's dad called and said, hey, someone came by our shop, my shop, because he has a car dealer, uh, car shop dealership. And he's like, and they have this van and they, they it just needs like some minor repairs. Um, and they just gave it to me. 
um, would y'all want it? And we're like, um, yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, I'll just uh, get it fixed up. There's a couple of minor things. I'm going to fix it up and I'll bring it to y'all. And we're like, so like we for free, like, and granted it's an older car. And I told God too, in my prayers, I was like, I don't even care if it's old, dude, just as long as it works. I mean, not dude, you're God. Um, but uh, just as long as it works um, and it gets us where we need, but it gives us the space we need, whatever you want to do, God. And so long story short, Homer's dad is currently fixing up some very minor things um, on this van and he's planning to bring it to us soon and it's um, free of charge. And so I think that it's just like, that's been such a like, um, I guess just really touched my heart and God reminding me of how powerful our persistent prayers are because I would pray that every time I would pray. Um, almost every time. I'm sure there's a couple times I didn't, but you get my point. And I would tell God, I believe you. I know. And even if you don't though, God, I worship you because you don't, you know, you don't need to do that to prove your love for me, but I'm believing this and I'm asking you of it. And he literally did it. And so, you know, whatever you are praying for, believing or trying to accomplish, whatever your goals are, whatever your, um, as a mother in your motherhood, whatever you're trying to accomplish or be or do for your children, whatever it is for you, know that there is no shame in being persistent. There is no shame in being persistent in your prayers and in your faith because God wants to do more than you ask or think. He is the one who makes all things possible and he wants to answer our prayers. And so with all that being said, um, I really hope that it spoke to you in a specific way, um, like I always do. And I want to open it up now for y'all to share your heart and um, whatever God spoke to you today um, and just what it means to you. So I will allow this time to, for y'all to speak. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.